You came to the right place, baby. Welcome to the podcast where three girlfriends from the East Coast align each week to chat about all things mental health and wellness from crystals to cocktails. Laugh and heal with us as we navigate balance, confidence, and learning to love each and every inch of ourselves every day. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Crystals to Cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to have you guys here. It's been a minute since we sat down and recorded because Haley is traveling. Life is a little crazy for myself with the move and just a busy month at my full-time job and Kels. (laughs) Kels is like always available. (laughs) The time changes really fuck me up. So we're getting used to it. We're going to, we always are, you know, I'm going to make it work. I'm always like, can you guys record this day? How about this day? How about this time? How about then? I know. I know. For a while, it's, you know, it's so funny because life was like a little bit more predictable during quarantine. Now it's like, oh my gosh, we all have lives again. (laughs) What is this? I know. Now that things are opening back up, like normally we record on Mondays. Today we're recording on a Sunday and we're just kind of have been going with the flow and it's it's working out really well for us. So I mean, working out well, I'm actually having a shot at 10 a.m. So. Define wellness. <laughs> no, that's true though. I always, I feel like I have so much more fun with things, the less pressure I put on them. So that's what this podcast first and foremost, it's fun, but it's also a way where obviously we get to just chat about topics that personally feel therapeutic for myself to talk about them with you guys. But I know that you guys listening can relate to them. And our topic today is really all about the self-limiting beliefs that just seem human nature. Everyone at one point or another has put some self-limiting beliefs on themselves or, or, you know, they've kind of dabbled in self-sabotage without really knowing it. And I'm excited to chat about that today and kind of just bring some normalcy to this topic because everyone, no matter how successful you are, has dealt with this at some point. One of the things that I wanted to talk about when it comes to self-limiting uh, beliefs, self-sabotage, you know, just that inner voice, that inner critic, those things that come up, I think we can all relate to, you know, questioning at some point in our life if we're worthy enough, if we're pretty enough, if we're thin enough, if we're, you know, confident or smart enough, and like questioning almost like who you are to your core or if you're doing enough of one thing or the other or you're being too much or not enough of something and if you think about it when you're little you don't even know what self-limiting beliefs are you have no idea you know we think we can take on the goddamn world when we're little and then over time we slowly get told like we're too much of something. We're not enough of another thing. You can't do that. You can do that. You shouldn't be doing that as a girl or you should be doing this as a boy. And it's just, you know, get, it gets to a point where we let that scare us into thinking that we need to be a certain way. And, you know, almost it's like, it can become crippling. It can come to a point where you're just like, wait, I wanted to do this, but this person told me I can't, so I must not be able to, especially when you're so young and impressionable. And you start to feed into that story that somebody else wrote for you instead of knowing that you can write your own. And 
a lot of this is going to come with, you know, doing that internal work to get the external results. You're not just going to all of a sudden be able to overcome these self-limiting beliefs if you aren't working on who you are first and then having that, you know, show up externally. I love the mentioning of when you were a kid and the mindset that we had as kids where like you could literally do anything. Like if you ask a kid what they want to do when they, or be when they grow up, like their answers are anything. And that version of yourself is still within you. And I think that that was one of the realizations that I recently had in my personal development that was really powerful was like that child, inner child that you have is like your true self that is yourself without any of society's norms, pressures, just like you were mentioning, Kelsey. And when we make decisions as adults from that place and from our true self, those decisions will always be in alignment and feel good. And I think that sometimes we make decisions as we grow up and we're making decisions based on these parts of ourselves. So like the part of yourself that, you know, one time got fired from a job, that part of yourself that one time embarrassed themselves at a party. And when you start making decisions from those places, you start living as that version of yourself instead of your true self. And when I heard that advice the other day, my mind just blew because I, I made decisions all throughout high school personally from a very anxious place and of a hurt person who had bad experiences with girls as friends and like didn't really have a place. And I made a bunch of decisions socially from that place versus my true self. And because of that, I felt so out of alignment in high school. And it was because of those self-limiting beliefs that came from that place of hurt. I wish I had a podcast like this (laughs) at this time in my life to listen to, to get some of this advice. Do you guys, have you ever heard the quote? I'm sure you have. If you're not growing, you're dying. Something that's I feel like I've heard a version of that. Or like, you know, yeah. if you're if you're not actively trying to like make progress in some part of your life, then there's you're inevitably kind of sliding backwards. I think that's like something more along the lines of what I heard before. So if I heard that, I would think like I have to read all the personal development books and definitely I definitely do that. But a lot of growing isn't just like learning new things it's unlearning old behaviors that's powerful (laughs) yeah just because like I don't know like I grew up struggling with money my whole life my family and so forever I thought like I could never make money you know I grew up having a shitty relationships you know the guy I was with for 10 years cheated on me like the whole time I was like I don't I don't deserve love and you just have to unlearn those things to grow. You don't always have to learn new things. Deconstructing it and getting down to the root of like who you were before someone told you, you know, or acted a certain way to make you feel or think a certain way. And when you start like realizing that you have self-limiting beliefs, I think that unlearning is like step one, right? Like first you kind of realize what they are and you learn what those are. And then you're like, how do I unlearn these behaviors because a lot of times self-limiting beliefs, they don't just stay in your head. You know, that's where it all kind of comes from. But really when you are going through life, you can have self-limiting beliefs that look like 
comparing yourself to other people or people pleasing, which is like, you know, always being a yes person, even when that means saying no to yourself, holding on to past mistakes. So just not letting, not forgiving yourself and not letting things go easily, not asking for help, isolating yourself, overworking or the contrast, like severe procrastination. Those are all ways that we self-sabotage when we are realizing that we have these self-limiting beliefs. And once you have those recognized is when you can, I just repeated myself, but unlearn, (laughs) unlearn those behaviors. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I had a question for you guys. Can you think back to the first time, you know, that you were excited about something and someone told you that you like could or should, couldn't or shouldn't, or like that was that you, that just wasn't for you. It wasn't in the cards for you. And like, basically like shot down your excitement. For sure. I remember, um, so I was a hairdresser, sorry, I was a waitress and then bartender for 10 years. And then I was like really excited because I finally found something that was exciting for me and like a career in hairdressing. And my boyfriend at the time just like made fun of me. And he was just like, you're not getting a college degree. Like that's, that's, you're stupid basically. And I did it anyway. And I graduated first in my fucking class. So fuck him. But like, I don't do that anymore. Not saying because I wasn't good at it. I was great at it. It just wasn't for me forever. And that's that. Yeah. I also remember mine was also from an ex-boyfriend. Why, what is it with ex-boyfriends who are just so unsupportive and it's, you know, it's that personality type that I think you and I have both dealt with maybe all three of us, but just like they just can't be happy for you or want good things for you because that's out of their comfort zone when you start to grow and be better. But my ex at one point, like one point we hiked a mountain and it was really difficult. And it was, I was, I had been out of shape for a few years after college and it was just more intense than I thought. And it just was exhausting for me. And I was, you know, telling him that like, you know, I'm so sore from that hike. You know, I was like, I kind of maybe cried <laughs> like going down because my toes were like bleeding because my sh- I wasn't wearing the right shoes. It was just intense, right? And then I worked really hard to get in shape. And my why when I first started getting in shape was because I wanted to do cool things and not be made fun of with him basically. And I suggested we hike this mountain that was a similar difficulty to the one that we hiked before. And he was like, you'll never be able to do that. Remember the last time that we hiked something like that? Like, and I had just worked so hard on myself to try to like get to a point where I could like in some way almost like impress him, you know, or like, you know, feel like worthy of his support. And obviously looking back, don't you know that you're toxic? But (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, but he told me straight up I couldn't. And I just remember like, it did not sit well with me. And that was one of the really first red flags. I was like, this is not a relationship. Don't you love, I, okay. It sucks having people tell you, you can't, I remember close, my closest people to me told me I couldn't become a network marketer, you know? But when people tell me I can't, that just fuels me and it makes me, it makes me do it. So I'm like, thank you, question mark. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like let that doubt be fuel. What about you, Kels? 
Well, first off, I'm going to need the addresses of these men. But also, I think that these dudes do that because they're so scared for you to become like more independent and more empowered and leave their ass, which look ironically ended up fucking happening, <laughs> obviously, because when people try and control you and when men try and do this, it's just like it's like stifling who you are and strong women don't deal with that shit. <laughs> Mine was not, my first experience was actually not a relationship. My first experience was, I was probably 13, and the story is actually kind of crazy. I was 13, and my dad, my adopted dad, Bill, like, he was at a, (laughs) he was at a fair, and it was like one of those, like, modeling stands. He was, like, walking by it, and he was like, my stepdaughter would be great for this. She's tall, like she's beautiful. Like he was like so excited, came home with this pamphlet, like was like, you need to be a model. Like so, and I, of course, like I like fed into it because I'm like, oh my gosh, like that would be so much fun. And I remember this was when I still like had a relationship with my biological dad. I called him to like tell him like how excited I was. I was going to start doing modeling classes and he was like, yeah, Kelsey, that's great, but there's a lot of pretty girls in the world. Like, there's, he's like, don't, don't bank on that. And I was just crushed to my core because I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. And then I, you know, then I got to the point where I was like, he's probably right. Like, I, should I even do this? Like, is this something that I should even. Can I throw punch your dad? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that just goes to show you those two two men in my life and one that was that is now my dad, but like was so incredibly supportive throughout any and everything. And, you know, looking back on it, it's like I have always preached to Cohen and you've probably heard me say this on the podcast at least fucking eight times now, but I always tell him you can have beer, do anything you want in this world. And your your parent, a parent should be the last fucking person to break down your dreams. They should be supporting you and helping fuel and obviously like there's a lot of people that have experienced that on even deeper levels this is like something that's almost like surface level but that was something that was pretty early on that I was told I absolutely could not do something and I felt I did feed into that story I took the modeling classes but I didn't try and like take it further than just like just taking them and then I was like okay well I did it but like he's right (laughs) you know and that's like a formative age too, you know, when things, when things are said to you at that age where you're like, you know, young and you're learning about yourself and kind of like where you fit into the world, or at least like your world, your bubble of a world that you're in when you're that young, that's definitely damaging. And it can really, you know, affect the way you see yourself. Even if it's not like someone telling you, you can't do something. If someone's telling you, who you are or what you are or their perception of you. And it's not what you think of yourself. I dealt with that for sure. You know, high school bullies and all of that, but like, you know, people telling you their opinions of me and me being like, that's not how I see myself. Is that how everyone sees me? And you know, that's like really when my anxiety started because I started to feel like I had a very different perception of the things around me than the other people clearly did. But, you know, it was just like one or two negative people who I allowed to dictate my perception of my reality and allow myself to, you know, it dictated how I saw myself for a very long time too. And 
you just have to get back to that inner self, right? Like the part of you that knows exactly who you are. And just like you said, Kels, how like, you know, obviously those ex-boyfriends aren't in my life, not in Haley's life. The people who end up putting these beliefs on you or making you think you're any less or you can't do something clearly just judging by those three stories those people do not stay in your life so as soon as you ever recognize that just know that like you can either address it now or it's going to be addressed at some point in the future but like that's not the type of behavior that sticks around if you're the type of person who wants to train yourself to kind of see past that and i say train because it really is like a mindset flip that you have to kind of have to have on for when these things come up. Ramsey, when you think about it, you'll never be criticized or put down by anybody that is doing more than you. Only by somebody that's doing less. So. Make it a shirt. Make it a shirt. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> because they're like trying to, they're trying to drag you down to their level, you know? Like you're the one like breaking glass ceilings and going higher and higher and higher and like, overcoming and doing things you never thought you would and they're like no no no, come back down to where I am let me make you feel so bad that you just like you're like you start questioning who you are and you start I guess we can get into this now you start the self-sabotage you know you start self-sabotaging because you're trying to make someone else that you care about more comfortable well the sad part is most of the time it's done by people that are really close to you that's the shittiest part. Well, because those are the people whose opinions you care enough about to let affect you. Sometimes if it's if it's someone you don't know or someone you know does not know you, it's easier to brush it off and not give it sanction. And that's one thing my parents always taught me is like, you know, if someone says something that you don't agree with, do you give that person person sanction or is it not someone who you really respect their opinion anyway? So why are you going to take this one into account just because it relates to you? You know, but when they're closest to you, that's when they want you to stay on their level, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's sad because it's that person knows you care about their opinion, you know, like that person, it has to be aware. Of but when you rise above and listen to your heart and, you know, break through those ceilings, yes, you might lose them for a little while or for a long while, but you are eventually showing them that they can do that too. Yeah, that's so true. So self-sabotage, should we talk a little bit about that or should we take yeah. some shots? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, I gave some examples of like self-sabotage and how you can realize you're doing it because like, you know, talking about, you know, procrastination or even overworking, stuff like that. Something that I know I have done in the past as self-sabotage is I will purposefully not put myself in a situation. I will isolate. And that is like a version of self-sabotage that I have is if I'm dealing with something or if I don't think I'm good enough and I'm kind of getting in my own head about it, I will start to self-sabotage, isolate, pull away, and what. I need to do to kind of like get myself out of that is I need to sit with that feeling because I I'm aware of when I'm doing it and I need to sit with like okay so I made this decision you know to isolate from I don't know maybe there were there was a plan there I haven't had plans in like a year but like you know maybe there was plans um to do something and I noticed myself 
actively not doing it, retreating away from it. And I sit with that and I ask myself, why, why did you do this? You know, what is, what is holding you back from participating in life that's happening around you right now and opportunities that are happening around you. And just having like silent moments of reflection kind of helps me to understand why I'm doing that so that the next time it happens, I can recognize it and choose again and choose the opposite, you know, so that, because I know how it felt when I chose that self-sabotage the first time around. How do you guys recognize that you're self-sabotaging and like, what are the steps that you take to kind of resolve that within yourself? I think that you talking about like identifying it, that's something that it takes practice and it does take being pretty self-aware to realize that you are doing, that you're doing that to your, that you're doing it to yourself. Like <laughs> sometimes when people complain or say something, I'm like, you did it to yourself. But like, honestly, being self-aware is so, it's such a blessing, but it does take practice to get to the point where you're self-aware. So if you're trying to achieve a goal or do something and you notice that you're not doing it, then just like take a look at your patterns. Like what is occurring over and over again? Um, like one of the main, one of the main signs, I guess, of self-sabotage is procrastination. And okay, I think we can all relate to that. I can definitely be a procrastination queen at times. And I think that when I realize that it's kind of just like trying to get into that whole like three, two, one method, like three, two, one. Okay. Fucking do it. Like now I'm just going to like, I'm, I'm going to do that now because I know it's something that I've been putting off. And another thing when it comes to that is the thing that you want to do the least, do it first. I forgot who wrote the book, Eat That Frog. But basically, like, if you have a to-do list for the day and the thing that is, like, the most important that needs to get done but is generally the thing that, like, you're putting off till last because you don't want to do it, just, like, try, just try it a few times in a row doing that right away like doing that first (laughs) and I think that it'll help so much especially when it comes to a morning routine that is great advice Kelsey because if there's something you don't want to do in the morning I find if I do it first thing I'm like still half asleep and like kind of on autopilot so I don't have any adverse like reactions to it I just kind of like get in the zone get it done and like get moving on to the next thing I feel like when we self-sabotage I don't know. I just feel like everybody knows when they do it. They're just not saying it until it's like they go through enough pain, basically. Like you can self-sabotage in so many areas. Just for example, like instead of doing like work or workout, when I first met Patrick, you know, I was right out of that 10 year relationship of, you know, that guy that cheated on me forever. I was just like, I don't deserve this love. And even though he was the nicest guy ever, like sent me flowers every day, I was like ignoring him, didn't answer his text. That's self-sabotage. And I knew it, like you know it. So when you skip your workout, you know in your heart, this isn't right. You know, when you don't do something for your business that you know you're supposed to do, you know in your heart, this isn't right. So the fastest way to get out of that is just take action immediately. I think one of the scariest, like, forms of self-sabotage, Haley, is just what you were describing. Like, once you actually start 
being with someone who's treating you well, or you're actually in a good situation, but you're just, it's so foreign to you that you start doing things to pull away and to make that, and to push that person away. That's definitely something that I have recognized within myself at one point. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm this uncomfortable with respect. (laughs) You know, anyway. Well, we accept the love we think we deserve. And, you know, when you're not in a good place uh, yourself, then you think that you deserve to be treated that way. And it's so sad that you can get to that point that, uh, you know, somebody treating you so poorly, you, you, like when somebody starts treating you right, you're like, what, like, what the fuck, what the, what the fuck is happening? Why are you doing, why are you doing this? Why are you being nice to me? So you, you start to think that that stuff is wrong because you've had the, the latter, the opposite for so long that that feels off because you're so used to being treated so poorly. Like I actually, I remember Haley, you telling me when you and Patrick first started dating and he'd always like compliment her and say like the sweetest things and she would just come back at him with like and I think we all have this like this reaction like somebody's like you're so pretty you're like oh well just I mean I didn't even wash my hair today or like you just like start like coming up with all of the like instead of being like thank you I really appreciate that because who wants to give a compliment if you're going to like come back at them with like why they shouldn't be giving the compliment instead of just accepting it. Roger was such a dick when I, when finally he goes, cause I was always like, shut up, no. And he was one time, I remember, it was like, usually in a situation, the other person says, thank you. And I was like, oh. So ever since then, I take a compliment. I take it, <laughs> I take it. <laughs> I feel like I actually learned that from you because there was, a long period of time where somebody gave me a compliment and I would it's like it's like a defense mechanism you deflect instead of accept you know you're just like oh well (laughs) but you guys if like take please like just like fucking write that down or something take note of that because uh they're saying it because they believe it and they're paying you that compliment out of the kindness of their heart and because they want you to feel it and hear it so fucking feel it and hear it and don't always feel like there's an ulterior motive or like they're gonna like do something to hurt you just accept the compliment yeah so I guess if you if you guys can take one thing away from this episode actually I say one thing but it's gonna be a few things I think what (laughs) we want you to take from this episode is to one, first and foremost, surround yourself with the people who support you most. The people you surround yourself with can make or break your everything. You know, it that's your environment and you can't grow if you're planted in the wrong one. So just remember to keep the people around you positive and super supportive. And also remember to not be afraid to take a moment to be self-aware when you notice yourself talking negatively towards yourself and or possibly self-sabotaging one of those examples we listed before because those behaviors are not serving you and you always have the option to choose again and to choose a more positive thought process for yourself and to take a moment, take a beat and like try to identify where that's coming from within yourself so that that can highlight an area almost for you to really focus on working on. And guys, working on this type of stuff sounds like 
you know, maybe you wouldn't know where to start, but just start with that awareness, do some reading, try podcast meditations that are focused on solving that type of mindset. And that maybe illustrate a different one. I think that a book recommendation off the top of my head would definitely be the untethered soul. If you're trying to kind of get down to the bottom of the, your inner dialogue and your inner voice and how you respond to that. My favorite book, honestly. So um, I have a quote, to wrap it up. I love that. Yes. Um, by Wayne, D- Wayne Dyer. The only limits you have are the limits you believe. That's all she wrote. And now it's time for... Is it only not even one o'clock wherever any of us are? Yes. But are we still doing Truth or Tequila? Yes. Because when Tots is on a podcast, you can have Tots anytime. Okay. There must be a hole in my tequila bottle because there's not that much left. I don't want that happens. I know. The thing always leaks everywhere, I tell you. So for this week's Truth or Tequila, we are doing both. (laughs) A little truth, a little tequila, because let's be real. Like, we want this segment to be fun and interactive, but we also all want to drink. So (laughs) let me live. I also feel like the truth or tequila is like, it's it's for weeks when we're maybe on a cleanse. (laughs) We'll only pick truth. Or for weeks where we have a guest and we want to give them the option, maybe they don't drink, you know? So now this is just tat, truth and tequila, <laughs> and tequila, for the time being. Tots and tatas. <laughs> so Kelsey, you had a good question for this week. Okay, what motivational quote makes you want to yell bullshit every time you hear it? We'll let Haley Jean kick it off. Oh, oh, um... So the, I, this quote I fully believe in with my whole heart. But when people say you can do hard things, the first thing I think of is dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that they're very inappropriate. So that's my answer. Can I take a shot now? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, that is so perfect because I just came across one that I hate too because it's like, who is ever going to say this to someone? Life is a dick. Sometimes it gets hard for no reason. <laughs> that is very true. Oh it's true, but like, you're going to say that to someone when they're like... <laughs> hey, listen, Deborah. Life's I'm a dick. A shot. I'm taking, I'm taking a shot. <laughs> um, so my least favorite isn't a quote itself, but it tends to be at the end of a lot of motivational quotes. It's whenever a motivational quote ends with, read that again. I can't with that because first of all, don't tell me what to do. Second of all, I just read it and I'm reading, read that again. And I'm, if I want again I will read it again (laughs) but yeah it's just like we like putting something into a graphic and making it a quote is good you know that you're you're getting the attention I don't need to read that again okay (laughs) well god damn it I miss you I know we really need to record together soon 